You're listening to BIV Today, the daily business podcast from BIV and BIV.com. I'm Haley Wooden. Today on the show, BC CTO Award winner Owen Ingram from Easy Market joins me to talk about his career and his award. While America remains Canada's largest trading partner, the partnership as we know can be fraught with uncertainty, tension, with tariffs, and legal challenges. For many businesses, this environment is difficult to navigate. So on October 2nd, BIV will host experts who can offer greater insight into navigating the United States for business. The discussion will examine best practices to optimize opportunity in times of geopolitical challenge. It will also help businesses steer away from difficult straits. And finally, Canada's first year of legalized cannabis, it's seen significant industrial development and investment. We've also seen a range of regulations imposed around consumer outlets. We've seen a shortage of supply, as well as a persistent black market that complicates the landscape. So what have we learned? What lessons can be applied to the next stage of legalization? On October 9th, BIV's Cannabis One Year On panel examines industry opportunities, challenges, and next steps. For this event and all of our events, as well as more information and tickets, visit BIV.com events. Yesterday, BIV hosted its first annual BC CTO Awards, which honors the province's top chief information, innovation, and technology officers. Among the inaugural cohort of award recipients is Owen Ingram, CTO at Easy Market. He might also be familiar to listeners, perhaps as a contributor to our weekly BIV tech panel. Thanks so much for coming on and congratulations on the award. Thank you very much, Haley. So Easy Market, a Vancouver company, doing quite well. But for those who haven't heard of it, tell me a little bit about the work your company does. Yeah, for sure. So Easy Market is a patient communication system. So that means that we're uh, talking to patients for uh, primarily dentists and also other medical practitioners to get people into the chairs and um, and also to follow up with them and to allow the receptionists and, and other uh, office workers to chat with patients. Um, yeah, and it does a, a bunch of other things. <laughs> when you were first developing this idea, how innovative was it? We think that you can chat with anyone around the world. It's easy, but in a space like this, what was this technology? What was this idea? Yeah, so um, the idea uh, really came from my uh, a couple of my partners uh, that were already in the dental medical space. And um, it was very innovative in its time. This is the company is actually almost ten years old now. And so, uh, yeah, ten years ago, the the whole platform for texting and and sending phone calls and all of that was, um, yeah, it wasn't as mature as it is today. Um, yeah, so because of that, there was actually a lot of uh, very difficult technical work in order to get up and running with. Um, uh, you know, there wasn't these providers like like Twilio is a huge provider now, um, but back in the day, it was all these uh, kind of uh, unknown little providers, mm-hmm. uh, as well as just generally the technology of integrating with uh, medical software uh, used to be pretty pretty difficult, and it's definitely getting easier nowadays as well. What was it like to convincing? I don't know if convincing is the right word, but in, in speaking to potential clients about what was a very innovative software. Yeah, and because the medical space tends to be a bit not behind necessarily, but they're definitely not avant-garde, uh, right. and they're not on the bleeding edge. Um, no pun intended, I guess. But uh, <laughs> no, they um, they were pretty apprehensive actually at the beginning. Uh, there wasn't really uh, too much competition at the beginning, um, but you know, the, 
like like always, you know, humans kind of see a thread and change. Um, but then as soon as they realize it actually made their lives easier and got rid of the mundane work of uh, actually like, you know, constantly trying to call people at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday and, and no one picks up and they right. leave a voicemail, the whole phone take thing. Uh, as soon as they realize it could alleviate a lot of that, then it was a no-brainer. And, and, and because of that, actually, we enjoy a very high retention rate. Technologically speaking, as you said, it was a, an issue integrating with certain software that existed in the space. What did you have to do? What kind of challenges did you have to overcome and what was helpful to you in building Easy Market? Yeah, I guess the big one... Uh, was uh, the redundancy. Um, a lot of these providers would go down for two days. Mm. Um, you know, you see, so you had to build the system that was very uh, able to catch up, use other providers, and um, yeah, just those layers of technology to be able to recover from those types of scenarios. When we look at your technological journey, what first got you interested in this space? Oh, there's a few. There's a few points that uh, really interested me. I remember my cousin used to download crack software off of IRC, which is an old text-based system. Uh, I thought he was the coolest guy. Um, I still do, actually. But uh, <laughs> he probably was the one that piqued my interest. And then I've had a few people along the journey that have been just really interesting uh, mentors to me, uh, especially in the early years. Um, and so, yeah, I think that combined with just my natural appetite for discovering how things work uh, is probably where I uh, took my uh, first steps into it. How do you balance focusing on the work you need to do and doing a good job with keeping an eye on developments more broadly in the space and new technologies that are coming out? Yeah, you know, a very interesting thing is most programmers and engineers, they don't really want to manage people. Uh, this actually might not be a surprise to a lot of people, <laughs> but because they, um, they're really interested in, in the technology, um, they want to stay in it. And that, that's the same for me. Um, so it was quite a transition for me to, to, to step away from development and, and uh, you know, keep, I always have to keep a pulse on what's new and what's coming out, uh, especially these tools that, uh, you know, can uh, really maximize the efficiency of an organization. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's actually quite difficult to step away completely from the technology, the real nuts and bolts of it. Um, so yeah, I think that answered your question. Mm -hmm. Have you had in your career what you would call a big break or maybe an aha moment where you either learned something significant or it really set you down an important path in your career? Yeah, actually it was in, I was just, just completing my degree at UBC and I had the opportunity to get my dream job that I wanted once I graduated. And so it was a tough call, uh, but I ended up just taking the job. Mm -hmm. And it was a real... Um, it was a real great opportunity because that happened to line up with some huge technology pieces that the that dream job was taking on with uh, pretty much all the major tech brands. Um, and so because of that, it was a, it was a big break for me. I uh, learned, you know, uh, what is the term? Um, learn by fire or what was that? Trial term? by Trial fire. Trial by fire. Yeah. But <laughs> just basically thrown into it and having to uh, adapt really quickly. Um, so that was probably one of the bigger kind of, uh, uh, breaks that I've had, uh, just to get that really quick exposure. Of course, working for smaller companies, startups, um, it, it allows you to really uh, quickly scale up your career. So within you know a few years of this kind of high intensity, I was able to learn you know what people take you know uh, a longer time to to get uh, 
yeah, to get under their belt. It's also, it's interesting getting your dream job so early in your career. Often we think that we have to work decades until we finally get that job that we coveted. How do you decide to leave a dream job and start something new? Yeah. So that was another difficult call. Um, I was, you know, just starting to get comfortable uh, where I felt pretty confident with my skill set. Um, and then another opportunity came up. Um, and so, you know, it's, I, I wasn't in it to uh, get a cozy job. I really do like uh, to build and to see technology enhance, you know, our, our lives. And so, yeah, I just kind of had to continue on with new projects, even though lots of them were failures, but, um, you know, just had to keep going to, to see how I could um, use my talents. When you look broadly at the landscape of technology and everything that's changing and all the new exciting tech that's emerging, what interests you most? What are you curious about and what are you watching? Yeah, I think I mentioned it before, but I'm really interested in productivity, efficiency. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, um, and a lot of people disagree with this. Uh, I call them Luddites, you know, but the people disagree with using technology to be more efficient, even if that means that people have to redeploy labor, uh, which is a common economic theme. Um, and so what really gets me going is, is anything that's going to make us work smarter, not harder. And, and because of that, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to, um, the, the stuff that, uh, doesn't really disrupt, uh, industries necessarily, but just leverages human skill. Um, so things like, uh, you know, we're, we've been chatting about AI a lot and that's becoming a hot topic, but, um, there really is something there where we can, uh, work way more efficiently if we can use AI to actually help us with decision making and uh, even decision making that is beyond our abilities. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a really exciting field. There's tons of new stuff, though. I really love the pace that we're starting to feel globally, not necessarily Vancouver, but, you know, all over the world, there's starting to be a lot more exciting um, connections between existing technologies. It's just it feels like we're, uh, you know, in a huge... Um, uh, fermentation tanker, for, <laughs> for lack of a better analogy, that's starting to really get going, get frothy. Mm -hmm. In the around 10 years or so of EZ market, how has what you do and what you're focusing on changed? What are you doing now that's maybe new or novel? Yeah, so um, early stages, uh, really scrappy, uh, you know, just pushing code, uh, making sure everything doesn't break, which not it was not always the case, mm -hmm. still isn't, but um, yeah, so really hands-on uh, and, and very rapid development. Um, and so uh, that slowly shifts as an organization grows and it has more and more customers, uh, you know, starts to shift into starting to add some security measures as far as, you know, fail-safes and um, even just on the deployment and uh, development process. And, you know, that keeps going. You don't want to no one wants to work at a company that's so safe you ship a new product uh you know once a year and everything's tested to death uh those companies you know aren't aren't fun to work for um but you ha there's a balance somewhere in between those so yeah what i'm finding myself do is uh these days i do a lot of just planning strategy meetings lots of emails uh <laughs> you know and then occasionally i get to jump in and help with something difficult. Owen, a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on and congratulations on the award. Thank you very much. That's Owen Ingram, CTO at Easy Market. And you can head on over to BIV.com slash BC-CTO-awards for more information about the awards program, as well as profiles of all six 2019 award recipients. 
That's it for our show. Thanks for listening to BIV today. You can get notified of new episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and Stitcher. All of our episodes are also available at BIV.com slash audio. I'm Haley Wooden. For more business news, visit BIV.com. Thanks again for listening. 